take a moment, find yourself in a safe place, seating comfortably. Inviting yourself to examine your breath, breathing in, beginning, middle, and end, breathing out. Turning your focus on your physical body, allowing yourself to center your breath and explore the physical. With a breath in, beginning, middle, and end. Breathing out and turning your focus on your thoughts. Removing judgment. Simply be the observer. Breathing in. Beginning, middle, and end. Breathing out. Gently transitioning now to your emotional heart. The source of feelings. Softening the edges. Breathing in and breathing out with no rush, no urgency, simply opening your eyes. Hi, it's Ryan. Welcome to your weekly dose of the Psychedelic Psychologist, where I invite my guests to share stories about their psychedelic experiences. We cover a variety of topics, from overcoming addiction and severe depression to finding wholeness and spiritual emergence. Today's podcast, you're going to hear from one of my guests, Emma, who talks about her invitation to the world of psychedelics through doing research and the synchronicities of friends and family. She goes into an intimate story of healing her grief within the loss of her brother and exploring the benefits of ayahuasca, the perils and pitfalls that we need to be aware of, and moves forward and moves through with learning about self-love, compassion, and trusting herself within the experiences of MDMA. Emma, it's great to hear you. It's great to see you. Thanks for joining. Loving me. How did psychedelics find you? How did you find psychedelics? Oh my goodness. I really wasn't looking for anything like psychedelics. I'm someone that didn't even start drinking until like her late 20s. So taking substances is like something that wasn't part of my life until way later. So I don't, I'm like trying to think about the first time. I think I just got like introduced to the concept of it. And then became like really curious about it, like I am with anything else. And then had a friend uh, at an internship that I was doing. I was working on my doctorate and her boyfriend at the time was doing research on Iboga 
and other plants from Latin America. And I just started following like their page on, I think, Instagram and slowly started learning more and more about it. I mean, I can like, I can go on and on about <laughs> the first impressions. <laughs> right. The first impressions had to have been quite radical, though, knowing that you had been sober up until your 20s. So there must have been a deep reassurance doing the research. Was there comfort in that? Yeah, there, it was definitely the research that got me hooked um, onto the idea. But then there was like an, an, an emotional piece that really kept me like coming back to, to looking into it. And so that friend for my internship, her husband, now husband, was the director of a very fancy LA rehab where people pay thousands and thousands of dollars to heal from their their addictions from like chronic substance use and relapse rates are insane. People yeah, yeah. will go through, the, go to these fancy like rehabs that spend a lot of money, like emotionally invest in their healing and then go right back to using again. And I, I know that I know that cycle because I like saw my brother go through that cycle and, you know, I like, I, I was in grad school to become a psychologist while he was going through his addiction. So I thought I was in the perfect place to help him. I had like, a, I was able to like expose him to all the right resources and get him all of the right quote unquote, right traditional help that I thought was going to like, like really like heal him. And I always like tell friends this story because I think it's so crucial in my journey when he did when the coroner came to take his body away after he overdosed this is a month of him really being dedicated to his like healing in the medical model of our like traditional world and it didn't work out for him and he he overdosed and when the coroner came and asked me to gather some information that she's going to need for her investigation she said she asked for an insurance card, her, his like medical information, um, and his social security, just some like regular documents. And I was like, oh, I already have all those because those are the exact things you need to also help someone get help. So it's, it's like, I go back to that moment. Like we, we really did do everything we could have to help him with the tools we had. So when my friend talked about her uh, partner leaving that world, leaving like traditional therapy to go explore psychedelics because that wasn't enough, that really resonated with me because it just, what we did, what we could do, the tools we had were just didn't feel enough. And I wanted to know what else is out there that could potentially like help other people help me in my own journey now. So that was kind of like the gist of, of how it all started. That's remarkable. And I, I want to take a moment to honor you and your grief story, honor the emotions that must be coming up and the courage of simultaneously healing yourself and witnessing the value it can provide people with addictions. Thank you. That's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, Sometimes I forget how much it is because we all go back to our normal lives and, and it's, it's like, I, I do forget, like I went through all of that, but 
in a sense, I'm glad that I'm able to live a normal life and like have like, you know, happy moments. Cause at one point I just, I just didn't think that was possible to like move on from something like this. You know, I mean, my brother were like 12 months apart and it's just having like a piece of you that just disappears, vanishes and, and the way it happened and everything, but it's, it's nice that I can say that, yes, like I can, I can live a normal life. And I, I think, I don't know if I would be here. I, it would be the same without psychedelics. Say more about that. What have you learned and what has been introduced to you regarding your grief and this? Um, loss? I, um, there's, there, I mean, like there's so much, there, there were so many different steps because there, there are. The thing with psychedelics that's that's pretty confusing is that there are a lot of different types of psychedelics out there. And some may be better for certain people. And so like it's and there's not a lot of good information out there at all. I I felt like I got lucky being exposed to the friend who and you know got got invited to come to a resort in um Costa Rica to try ayahuasca. And oh my gosh, I just remember trying to like research and do what I could to learn about it. And there's just so much wild information out there. And it's, it's terrifying. It is, it is so terrifying. terrifying. You like see people like just look like they're possessed by the demon, like they're throwing up. And I was like, oh shit, like what am I getting myself into? And this is your first experience with any yeah. psychedelics is ayahuasca. Yeah. And it, it's like, like I said, I I didn't even like, you know, I oh I can't even like do marijuana. Like I had like such a bad time trying weed. And like alcohol is pretty new to me. But for me, like I'm gonna do something, it it's like I wanna know that it's good for me. And I I just like I said, I had the opportunity to like talk to the right people to, and there's like, you know, there are the, the internet's out there. I mean, there, you can get a lot of bad information too, but you can connect with the right people. And I felt really safe going to this resort. It was really nice. Like everything was like, you know, your meals are planned out for you. It, it really was like a luxury resort that I didn't go to the jungle. And, and some people have like their, their critique of like their criticism of, of that. Like it should be done with like in a more like natural setting or yada, yada. But you also have to take, especially being a female going alone, you have to take like precautions and 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 for you safety is super super important and i'm grateful you're bringing this up and also like the elitism of saying oh we have to do it with so much reverence of being in the amazon jungle and like the harder it is is the more powerful it is and i think that's somewhat bullshit it, yeah yeah there are so many things out there like if you don't like if you don't see this vision, like you, you're not healing the right way. And like, you need to like, like, you know, feel, I think that was like part of the, the issue the first few days that I was at the resort. Like there were some people that felt like very like healed already and saw God. And I was like, I'm not seeing God. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm having a really hard time. It was really tough. And you have a history with uh, spirituality and religion that is very rooted. So it's also like, the religious aspect I hear is coming in, the spiritual aspect, not only the grief that you've been so vulnerable and kind sharing, but there's a religious undertone with all of this too, no? Oh yeah, definitely. That's the thing. I mean, I, there's, 
there's pros and cons to doing psychedelics in a group setting and like with it with the in a, with the therapist one to one and with the group setting like people come from different backgrounds they have different experiences they have different traumas especially being like a brown woman in a room full of like like mostly white people it was just like a, for me it was a different experience and like my connection to like my religion and spirituality was just like different than most people in the room so it's just it's gonna be a a, a, a different experience and like I think comparing it in the first couple of days was like hurt like hurting me because I I kept saying like why do I have all of these like bad feelings with my relationship with God come up and people are like feeling like they're being visited by God but at the same time like there was a lot of help at that resort like there were like a lot of great aids people that you can talk to and so like I had to like reach out and like why am I having these emotions like I'll the, the first night of my ayahuasca experience was incredibly difficult it was so hard and I just wanted to end the whole thing and the next day I just felt like crying the entire day and it really was like it had a lot to do with religion it had a lot to do with my brother and it just feels like I don't even know if I have the words to describe what I went through and that's okay that's yeah. okay. What does your body tell you? And what are the emotions that are coming up as you're reflecting on that? Oh my gosh. Looking back at it now, even though I just told you that it was incredibly hard and it was like, like just painful, like my body is like, I, I'm so happy that you went through this. Like I'm so, my body's so grateful that I, I had to experience those emotions. It's like, you know, I like the Dealing with the grief with my brother has so many different phases. At certain points, I like, I just so desperately wanted a connection where I would just like daydream about like getting a text from him from like the other world that said, hey, sis, like, I'm all right. You don't need to worry about me anymore. Like, I just, just a simple text would just like, you know, make me feel better again. Like a connection, like knowing that there, there's something beyond my, like, what I can like, conceptualize right now and he's coming from that place and telling me things are okay well on the first night of like the ayahuasca like I I got this like feeling that like if I kept doing this then I would connect with him it's like the thing that I wanted like a connection but I was terrified of it it just it just scared me like I this is the thing I wanted so bad is to feel connected to this person that like I used to feel so connected to and then when I had that like opportunity, it just like terrified me on that first night. Sure. That's remarkable. And it's that paradox, isn't it? Of the terrifying, you know, darkness of the soul. And then what also brings up is intimate connection to the beloved on the other side, the spirit. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, I'm really glad that you brought that up because like, it's, Throughout, like all my psychedelic experiences, that's like what's been like, um, and through life in general, it's like you have the hard moments, and then there's such profound beauty if you like really like are present with those those hard moments, and and that's definitely like what I got from like the the four nights because ayahuasca at that resort was done in in four nights, and the fourth night is the longest night, and you you know. 
like I said, the first night was really tough. The second night was like more gentle, more beautiful. I was like building trust with the medicine. And like, I'm really glad the shamans were able to like help me coach that. And I was able to like talk to them about, like, I, I have a huge fear of like trusting. Like I don't trust, it wasn't even like, I don't trust anybody, but it was, I don't trust myself right now. And, and then they were like, you know what? You don't need to take the bulldoze. Drink, just, just drink like half of it if you want. And it was like, oh, I could do that. Like I could, I could just like do half. But you're like, yeah. I'm like, but everybody else is like taking, they're like, no, people are taking different doses. Like you just, you know, you do what you're comfortable with. And it was so gentle. And I just felt like, like the presence of like connection, but in a very like, like in a much gentler way. So it was, it was easier for me to like walk, walk back into it. And then it was like, just I mean, there were definitely more tough moments and and subsequent nights, but I felt more trusting of the medicine. And the work that you and I do is a lot about trust and reflecting on that self-love and compassion. And we start integrating all of this and you find yourself where? Where do you find yourself after the ayahuasca and you reconcile some stages of trauma we start doing a lot of dream work. We start connecting to different things. And what have you found? What are you learning about yourself? Gosh. Okay. So it's, I mean, this has been an incredible journey. Like just like reflecting back on it because I mean, all the insights didn't just come on the fourth night of, of, you know, drinking this medicine. I came back and I was incredibly confused. Just, I had a lot of good data. I, I got to revisit some childhood memories that were key. And then after talking to like my parents about them, it was like, holy shit, like the things that I experienced were actually real. Like the memories that like got unlocked were, were actually things that happened in my childhood after I had the courage to talk to my parents about it. So then I just was like, I just have like, I just have a lot of data. I, I don't know what to do with this information. Like I, I knew it, it I knew there was another step I had to take and I started reading more about it. And that's when I came across your book and your book was incredibly helpful. There were so many, like, there was so many, there was like, you know, like the concept of like what, why we do psychedelics and what can happen. But then there were also like practical day-to-day things about like just mindfully eating and like, like how to meditate. And, and I, I found that really helpful. So I, I started like practice having a daily practice, which was so important in your integration in like having consistency. So you don't, cause like you're messing with your mind when you take stuff right. like this, you are, you are opening different parts of your mind and it can be very destabilizing and it can make you feel lost and even more confused than what you went in. So like, this isn't like, this is it. This isn't something that you just like go try because you're curious. You have to be dedicated to it or you can like it. it, Serious things can like happen from doing psychedelics if you don't do them in the right way. And I'm so, so, so fortunate that like I came, you know, met the right people, like met you through reading your book and then contacting you and like going through the integration because like I just didn't know what to do with all that data that I got from the four nights. Right. And it does become overwhelming. And as things started to settle and you start embodying, what what are the classical emotions that arise when it gets a little confusing now? What What, what is your kind of go-to 
if it still seems a little strange or uncertain? Um, now my go-to when it becomes strange or uncertain, and I'm so like just happy and proud to say this is that like, it's, it's in me. The go-to is like me existing instead of like, cause my go-to is like reading a book and like, and learning and trying to get information from other people. And I still do that. And I love it. But I think the work that we did together was helpful because I realized like how much I don't just just in the four nights, I got that feeling that I don't trust myself and trust is such an issue. But like through our integration, I was able to really understand I have these thoughts about myself that are really damaging to to like to to how I feel like I just didn't feel like a good person. And it's it's because of all the the messaging in my childhood, all the messaging from like religion, from like, you know, and I, I, I have so many things to say about religion and it can be such a good thing for you. But at the same time, like there was so much messaging and I really needed to look at what that messaging is. Like there was, there was like layers and layers in my own mind that I didn't even know existed. It was like just a bunch of like, just a bunch of junk in my brain and talking to you in our integration work was helpful in kind of just like first like exposing what that junk is and then clearing it out i love it it's it's just been beautiful (laughs) that is a really valid point too is labeling it identifying it and i think the idea of voicing it and putting it into the world doesn't make it so scary you said something a little earlier about the difference between group and individual. Tell us, share with me, how did it come about that you decided to go? Because you do everything very structured and respectfully. With You went into I, an individual therapy session, is that right? Yes. So I I knew, okay, so I did, like, like I said, there's a lot of different types of psychedelics. Some are more beneficial for you than others. It just depends on like how you process things and want to experience things. And sometimes you won't even know until like, you know, a lot of times you won't know until you try it. And so ayahuasca was, was tough. It was, it's harsh. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot of confusion. I, it's been like a couple of years now and I still like, you know, look back at like a, a vision I have and I'm like, what the hell was that? So it was different. And then like, I was learning more about like more gentle, like more gentle medicines and, and or what I think are more gentle. And so like, I looked at like psilocybin and like mushrooms and I was like, oh, okay, I don't know if that's more gentle, but like, it's, it's, it's different. And then looking at MDMA and like knowing that there's so much like research being done in the States, FDA approved, like research, like clinical studies being done in MDMA. I just found it like to be like more something that I, I definitely wanted to like explore more and then getting in contact with someone that was able to like provide an individual session with like me being me taking MDMA that really resonated with me and I think the first thing was that like the feelings of like like trust just like just appeared to me I was like okay I think like this is something that I can do that could be like more gentle and so I got in contact with someone uh, like a, a a psychologist that was willing to administer the MDMA and we would like have like a eight hour like therapy session together. And so doing that session was incredible. It was so powerful. It was, it was just different because like, instead of being in the group, like obviously you're getting like 
all of the all of like your needs met in that moment and then in moments like I didn't I didn't want to be talking I didn't have to so it was it was it wasn't as scary because like when I did ayahuasca you're in a room of like 80 people like there's definitely great guides and like helpers but who have that fear what if they don't what if they don't see you what if you don't you're not seen or you're heard which reflects like my childhood, like, you know, like different parts of it where it's like, I don't know if I was seen or heard in, in critical moments. And then with the, with the MDMA session being on an individual level, it's like, okay, I felt like I could build that trust with my guide because like they were always present to provide that for me if I needed it. And so it, it's just different. It is different. And what I'm really appreciative of your respect and intention towards consent too, because that in a one-on-one session can be very intense. The idea of what am I walking into with a guide and specifically your relationship to trust, what did you learn? What did you uncover? Um, Oh my goodness. I had an, I had a really difficult time going into the trust. It's like, um, I'm, I'm like feeling the emotions right now. Like what it, is the emotion right now? It feels like I can feel like, like in my throat where I just want to cry because I had such a problem with this before and or, or always and going into it. I just, I do not, it's like, you know, I like, I flew somewhere to like do this. I like took time off of work. I, I did all the things because I was so motivated. And then when I, I was there, I, 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 I just knew the blockage was there and I didn't, I didn't have the, I didn't want to, like, I felt like so overwhelmed by it. And like, I mean, I did trust this person since we, and I'm like, I did feel comfortable with this person because like we talked extensively about what we're going to do, how we're going to do it and the whole process, but getting there and and knowing that I'm going to be alone with someone and I might not have like control over my, like, I might not have the full control that I usually do. And I have to trust this person to want, uh, to want good for me. To want good for you. Yeah. To want good for me and not hurt me. And not hurt you. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, yes. And like not take advantage of me and all of that. And and it's weird because like, if you ask me that question before, like, do you think people take advantage of you? And I, I would say, no, like I'm a trusting person. Like, I think that was just like a, like a facade I had for so long that I, cause I had so many friends and I was like so nice to people and I was so kind and I was this and I was that. That means I really trust people. And even being like a psychologist and you're not just because you get a degree, you're not immune to defenses. Like we are, we are these like beautiful children. We're always going to be like, like children that just like grew into adult bodies. And in that growth process, we really try to figure out different ways to protect ourselves. And they are so creative. We are just so creative in, in wanting to protect ourselves. And when you have like a mirror that lets you see the the truth it, it's like really jar it's like oh shit I've said oh I'm such a trusting person my whole life but I'm really I'm really not because I'm I'm scared I'm scared in so many different situations I just built these like 
these things to protect myself so I don't feel the the fear, the, the being scared. And with all of this being uncovered and looked at, where is fear sit with you now? And how is the apprehension being dealt with? Oh, wow. Okay. So fear, it's just, I really love that you asked that question because I don't think I've been asked it like this before. And it's, it's a nice way of looking at it because like, I can like, I can almost like pinpoint where the fear is in my body right now. Like it's on the right side of my chest. Go with that. And it's just, it's like, I can outline it. I just know where it is. And what do you do when you identify it? Where is it? And is there a story with it? With the fear, there's, it just feels like it's something more workable. Before, I just didn't know like why I had all these emotions, why I shut down, why I was the way I was. And it's not like I have like completely healed and I'm like, like, you know, like loving life all the time. But now I know, oh, I know where the fear is. I know what to do with it. Or at least like I, I know where to start. Or even move it, right? The, the just it, yes. consolidating it, ha- having that ability to consolidate it, recognize it, acknowledge it. And if there's yeah. an alternative action you want to do, you could totally do it. If not, you can let it also sit, not run away from it, which is really beautiful. Yes, because I was a runner. I was a avoider. I, I mean, I still have those like habits, but like I can like recognize when I'm doing them because I'm running away from the fear. It's just, ugh, it's such, I just, like I said, it's been a very, tough journey going to these things and trusting myself but it's so so worth it for this feeling right here where you know what to do with the shittiness that comes up you know what to do with the fear because it's not a monster that's like taking over you anymore it's like something that's just there and you're like now what like what do we do with you now like we let's do this let's do that what's on the horizon what what is the next mountain to climb or challenge to recognize or even experience to consider oh just more like self-love oh my god like once I like knew like oh this is something I could do like I could love me it's like so cheesy to say but like it's just such a it's such a beautiful amazing feeling and I just want more and more of it and I want to work through it with, with whatever like comes my way the Beatles said it, ancient scriptures say it, and many of the most obvious things come through the art of love, self-compassion, and all we need is love. Throughout doing any psychedelic work, take investigation, take research, and take stories from your friends and family seriously, and most of all, be gentle. <laughs>